This is Pop Culture Period Piece Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Julie. We are actors, costumers, movie, and book enthusiasts. But we have very different tastes. So every week we pick a pop culture period piece to talk about. Our thoughts about the movie and also anything the movie brings up. Like how the mummy is totally written through the female gaze and Santa Fe from Newsies is the ultimate I want song. Do you know what that is? Listen to us. So if you like movies with corsets, manners, and cottagecore aesthetics, give us a listen. Pop culture period piece has a new episode dropping every Thursday. Bye. Bye. Hi. All I need is two minutes of your time. You again? Look, there are five other contestants. Why don't you try one of them? I would, except you're a born leader and I need someone like that to help me get my message out. What message? That bringing people to the moon is wrong. It's only a two day festival. What's the big snarl? This is how it starts. It's how it always starts. Well, a lot of people would call that progress. No. No. Real human progress would be knowing when to leave well enough alone. You wouldn't feel that way if you grew up where I did. Okay, look up there. Do you really want to go out on some romantic date and gaze up to see it all covered in tacky lunar condos and Big Bang burgers? That's not going to happen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, Valen's too soon. <laughs> We're on slippers. <laughs> We just started. We're still closed. Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D Commentaries. Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today, we're talking about Xenon Z3. Wow. Wow. Val, to preface this episode, I've got a little bit of a cold. I'm a little bit of a cranky crab. You know what? I'll take cranky crab alley over no alley any day of the week. Oh, some people would disagree with that. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Thanks, Val. All right, let's do it. Uh, Xenon Z3 came out June 11th, 2004. So again, they're on the quarterly schedule in the year of 2004. Okay. Uh, it was directed by Steve Rash, who didn't do any other DCOMs. Um, he doesn't have a huge resume, but he directed Can't Buy Me Love, which was a very early Patrick Dempsey vehicle. Uh, he also directed a movie called Eddie that Whoopi Goldberg starred in. Mm. And he directed a bunch of like made for TV sequels of movies. Okay. Like, for example, he directed two Bring It On straight to TV sequels. <gasps> Was all it the or one nothing. With and In It to Win It. I think All or Nothing is the one. Oh, with I Penetier. love that one. Yes. Where yes, she's fake is. crumping. I've never seen it. Oh, so I Val, don't know. put it on the list. Okay, it's on the list. Put it on the Steve list. Steve Rash classic. Um, He also did like an American Pie TV sequel and a road trip TV sequel. Nice. Um, Yeah. Anyway. uh, Okay. Xenon Z3 was written by Stu 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 shout out. Stu shout out. Yay, Stu. (laughs) Also co-produced, co-executive produced, I saw. Yes. And actually something we didn't mention in the last episode is that he apparently also wrote Going to the Mat, but he's not credited on IMDb, but it wasn't one of the ones that he mentioned he wasn't credited on. So but I it was didn't listed think about in the it. Credits? So I need to look now. So he is in the list. But like if you just have it like on the main page, it says Steve Bloom. Mm. But if you open like, you know, if you click Writers. through, yeah. it's Steve Bloom and Stu Krieger. Wow. So I messed up my bad. And Stu even taught us about the ands. And I should have uh, I should have checked. But now either we have way, to, I've looked at every single one for the rest of time to see if I know. Stu had anything to do with it. And also last week, we missed the opportunity because it was two Stu's. Stu Gillard <gasps> directed two it stews. and Stu Krieger wrote it. We missed the double the, the two Stu, the double the double edged Stu. <laughs> Stu squared. Um, but anyway, as you Hopefully, no, because now everyone has listened to our Stu Shoutout episode because we told you to and you should have. Why wouldn't um, you? Why wouldn't you? It's so good. I, I Here's an endorsement. I sent it to my dad 
because he was interested because I told him about the parent trap thing mm-hmm. and uh, he listened to it and then was inspired to listen to Stu's um, TED talk. And he was like, we need more people like Stu in the world. Aww. That was a great interview. Yeah. So it's a worthwhile listen. Bob Agnew endorsed. <laughs> Definitely recommend. Math King Bob Agnew math endorsed. King. The Math King has endorsed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, Stu, if you don't know for some insane reason, wrote Xenon, the original, Smart House, Phantom of the Megaplex, Rip Girls, uncredited, Xenon, the sequel, The Poof Point, True Confessions, Gotta Kick It Up, Going to the Mat, Xenon Z3, Now You See It, uncredited, and Cowbells. So, the king. Now, will you say Cowbells again? Cowbells. Cowbells. (laughs) Cowbells. And he also wrote The Land Before Time. Heard of uh, it. Which we talk about every time. And also Parent Trap 2, which I didn't talk about until we talked to him. Mm -hmm. But he is a a king. He also wrote one of the many versions of Freaky Friday. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I know at least one person commented on one of our posts that it was the best version of Freaky Friday. So wow, a hot take, a hot take. <clears throat> um, anyway, the cast is as follows for Xenon Z three. Kirsten Storms played Xenon Carr. She's back. She's back. She was obviously in both previous Xenons as Xenon. She was also in Johnny Tsunami, and she has had a very long stint more recently on General Hospital. Cool. Yes. Um, We also have Lauren Maltby reprising her role as Margie Hammond. She was in both the first uh, or both both previous um, Xenons. And she was also in Stepsister from Planet Weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Raven Simonier, because I don't know if anyone else has seen this on TikTok. (laughs) We've all been pronouncing Raven's name wrong forever. So Raven Simonier. Uh, made a cameo appearance as Nebula Wade, which is interesting because she was Nebula in the first movie and then they recast her in the second movie and then they brought her back in this movie, which I thought was a very interesting very move. Very interesting move. She also was in Cheetah Girls, which we re- more recently watched, and she is going to be in Cheetah Girls 2. She's also obviously very well known for that. So Raven and more recently Raven's Home. So she's all over our favorite channel and the way that they did the opening credits, it, like they did all of the actors and then they took up the entire screen and it said with special appearance from Raven. <laughs> yeah, and it well, took maybe, up the entire screen. Maybe by 2004, she was just that big of a name that it was like a huge yeah, draw. I'm sure because of um, that's so Raven. Yeah. And at that point she was not Raven Simone yet. She was no. just Raven, just Raven like Cher. Um, then we had Allison Morgan as Dasha Plank. Mm-hmm. Um, she hasn't really done a whole lot and she stopped acting in 2015. So okay. she pro- she seems like she didn't go in that direction. Um, we've got Stuart Pankin back for uh, playing Commander Edward Plank. Um, he was in the first two Xenons and he also is the voice of the dad in Dinosaurs. <laughs> Not the mama. Um, Holly Fulger reprised her role as Aunt Judy, and she also was in the first two Xenons, and um, she was on the Ellen show, like the the narrative Mm. show Ellen, Mm -hmm. Um, but she also hasn't acted in a while. She stopped in 2013. Wow, 10 years ago. I know. Doesn't 2013 feel like two years ago? Yes. I was already well out of college in 2013. (laughs) <laughs> so yes uh i was already a full-time working adult in wow and i put that off so the fact that that's true is <laughs> um glenn mcmillan played bronley hale and he was um he's probably most known for playing the yellow wind ranger in a bunch of power ranger shows cool yeah he was like either australian or from New Zealand, uh, and that's where would it those be Power they shot it in South Africa? Would he have been South African? He didn't sound like he was South African. He could have been like faking an Australian accent, but mm. I feel like if he were like gonna do that, then they would have just had him fake an 
uh, an American accent. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe he was and I just didn't pick up on it. But I know that the Power Rangers shows that he was on were the same ones that when they filmed these movies that were in New Zealand, a lot of people were in those same Power mm-hmm. Ranger shows. So I think those shows at least were filmed in New Zealand. OK, uh, then we had Ben Easter playing Sage Borealis. And he hasn't done a whole lot either. He was in actually a couple of the Mary Kate and Ashley mm-hmm. things, but he also stopped acting in 2015. And he was in he was in um, Holiday in the Sun. Right. He's the hot guy in Holiday in the Sun. <laughs> he I is rec- hot. I recognize pretty him. eyes. Yeah. Pretty eyes. Um, and then we had Nathan Anderson playing a recast protozoa. Uh, which okay, was, thank you. Because I was like, this guy looks so different. <laughs> yeah, no, that was not our protozoa, not okay. my protozoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was fine. Like there was nothing wrong with his uh, his performance, but I was just so disappointed that it wasn't was the original. So confused. I literally had no idea, and I was like, wow, he just he just does not look the same. So Philip Reese Chaudhry mm. played protozoa in the first two movies. He's my protozoa for sure. Like, again, there's nothing wrong with this guy. They must just not have been able to get. Philip you hate Reese. him. I don't hate him. You hate him. I don't hate him. I just loved Philip Reese. Like Philip Reese, he loved playing that role. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he had so much fun, especially in the sequel. I remember talking about it, like how yeah. much he was just like he'd be in the background of a scene and he would just be so funny. <laughs> Yeah. whatever he was doing and uh we just didn't get that with this um there's obviously also just less of him in this movie yeah so that's the cast nice yeah everyone else who was in this movie like was never in anything else so cool. okay synopsis is as follows high achiever xenon car is competing to win the galactic teen supreme contest and celebrate at the moonstock festival in the year 2054 when Xenon wants to beat handsome competitor Bronley Hale, she runs headlong into moon activist Sage Borealis. I mean, sure. Yeah, it sort of writes out most of the main plot points, but sure. Yeah, I feel like they typically do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, a couple of fun facts about this movie. Uh, one we learned from Stu himself. This was originally meant to be a feature film. Like this was meant to be shown in movie theaters. I forgot. And, about that. and it was written with that intent. But then they ultimately decided to not do that. And so then it was filmed on a TV budget. And boy, howdy, can you tell? That makes so much more sense. <laughs> I totally forgot he said that. Yeah. Um, and they filmed in South Africa, as he mentioned as well, probably also to save money because they probably had some good incentives. And I totally noticed he talked about this one scene and it happens early on in the movie where they're on a beach and there is a windstorm and they just are filming through it. And it's like their hair is like flying all over the place. And it was so funny. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's Stu was talking about that. The only other fun fact was actually from IMDb, which is kind of interesting. So. When this movie premiered on Disney Channel, there was apparently a contest where viewers had to count all the Z's that they saw, like hidden in the movie. And I don't know what they won or whatever for getting it right, but that was a thing. And then I definitely noticed there were a lot of places where there were Z's where like it didn't make any sense that there were Z's. Like pictures? Yes, exactly. I was like, why is this Z's? Like, there's nothing about, like, Xenon, but, like, Xenon doesn't own this drink stand. Like, why are there Z's everywhere? That's why. Wow. Yeah. So, business done. Complete. Complete. Al. Yes. What were your first impressions of this movie? Thanks, Val. I watched this on my couch after having been on my couch for several hours. (laughs) It was already a cranky crab. Felt like a really long hour and 20 minutes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I can see how it would have been better as a feature film. I didn't live, laugh, love it, but I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. If I had to watch it again, it's not like I'm being forced by my will. I'd be like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a, I was going to give it a six, but okay. I was thinking maybe five and a half, maybe. But I think I'm on a 5.75. I'm going to settle on 5.75. Okay. Better than a lot of the ones we've seen. 
I think my least favorite Xenon 213. I think mm-hmm. that's how trilogies typically go. Agreed. But I uh, thought that it was a fine way to kind of pull the whole story together. I found it interesting that her parents weren't in it. Mm-hmm. They're just completely gone. I know. But other than that, yeah, I think it was fine. Val, first impressions? Yeah, so I <clears throat> I went into this obviously kind of expecting it to be a little bit disappointing comparatively because of what Stu had already told us about it. Yeah. I probably did see this, but I had no memory of it at all. Mm. So I'm very conflicted about this movie because on the one hand, I really like the the concept behind the story. Like I yeah. like the narrative of this movie. Um, probably not quite as much as the second one or the first one, actually, but I like it. And I think it still try like hits different ideas than the first two. So I like credit to Stu for coming up with a different, you know, concept for this one. Mm-hmm. But man, a lot of the execution just fell so short, which we can say is not Stu's fault. No, not Stu's fault at all. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what I'm saying. I think that like Stu wrote a good movie and then I think that they just weren't able to make a good quality product with yeah. that script because mm-hmm. of the circumstances. I also think that like, I love Kirsten Storms as Xenon. Mm-hmm. I think that she understands this character so well and embodies her so well. Yeah. And like, it's really cool to see her like literally grow up with this character and like mm-hmm. play her differently, but the same, like it, it's believable. Like the first movie, she's like, 11, 12, whatever. And now she's like 16 or whatever. And it like makes sense. Like, the way that she reacts to stuff and the way that her character kind of shifts, but also stays the same. Yeah. I just think that's really cool and nuanced for a, you know, TV movie. Right. So I liked that. I liked the guy who played Sage. I mm-hmm. thought he was good. And again, kind of like, I, I really appreciate in these movies, especially the ones like this that are so kind of fantastical and like wacky um, in a lot of ways where the main characters play it straight. You know what I mean? Like they play it like they're in, this is the real world and this is how it works. And I, you know, I like Commander Plank and Aunt Judy. Like I think they're cute. And you know, that would like, that worked for me. I mean, I didn't even mind Dasha, even though she was kind of annoying, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, she was fine. Where I was so impatient was with the friends and Bronley and the villain and like all basically everyone else in this movie (laughs) like I have no patience for them first of all why does the only other black character have to be Raven's cousin like why does she have to be Nebula's cousin like she could just be another black person that they became friends with I hated that like and also she was so pointless to the entire story like she didn't even need to be there there was one small part where she was like semi-needed sure but it's like like, this big right and like it could have been explained a different way or whatever like it was just sort of like okay and like even margie was sort of like i don't understand like this character anymore like she doesn't make any sense anymore like she shouldn't be in this anymore like they had a wonderful arc in the second movie and she should just be back into it yeah and like there's just a lot of weird stuff with them and then like I've never like this Bronley character is supposed to be like this snotty, like everything comes easily to me. I'm always a winner kind of jerky character, but he doesn't play it that way. And so then when he has to kind of be that guy later in the movie, it, like it's so not believable at all. And it's just right. like, what are you doing? <laughs> so so there was this, you know, there was some stuff. And then, of course, like, my God, the uh, special effects, the, the the animation and stuff like, oh, my Lord, like it was worse than the first one. Like it was so bad. Like, I I could do better. Right. On, on iMovie. <laughs> exactly. Like no joke. Like if you gave either of us like animation software, we and could a green make screen. it look like this. <laughs> I could I could walk on the moon a little bit better than that. <sighs> yeah. So. It was very distracting in Mm -hmm. a lot of moments because of that. But like the moments that were not so much about those things were much easier to watch and and entertaining. Um, Yeah. So that was that was how I felt about this movie. Al, did you have any favorite quotes or moments? Did you have any favorite quotes or moments? (laughs) I was being Dasha. Um, (laughs) I did. I thought that Cassie and Margie looked like Anastasia and Drizella in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> That's 
I like that part. She had a slinky in her hair. Um, I really did like the costumes. They were so 70s. And like if the 2050s are bringing us back to the 1970s, I would not be mad. (laughs) So my least favorite parts were when they were just doing shots of the moon and it was like straight from the 80s. It was like they got it from like someone's like uh, VHS tape from like their school library of like, this is what it looked like in the moon. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) um i it took me a long time to pick up on this i don't know if you did i'm sure you did because you're smart but they kept saying stay iced and oh, yeah, like stay cool yeah and it took me so long to think of that i'd be like oh mm-hmm. that's kind of funny i was just like stay iced like chill out stay cool keep right. it cool i thought it was fun mm-hmm. oh yeah um i i ha- like the line keep going at that rate you'll have enough bones to build a dinosaur <laughs> And that was when uh, even though she was literally shaving her for eating. <laughs> yeah, she, like she was eating like ribs, the biggest ribs I've ever seen. The biggest really- ribs ever, but also just like the driest ribs. It's like she like she like sucked every piece of meat <laughs> off those bones and then like to put them under an air dryer. They were just dry rib rib bones. It was uh, fine. And then at the end, someone says, Daddy, I like that. <laughs> and I, I liked that. <laughs> Val. Oh. Any favorite quotes or moments? <laughs> so I liked some of the new lingo. Like I mm-hmm. liked uh, Stay Iced. I liked, uh, instead of saying Zetus Lapidus, they said uh, Vega Omega. Yeah, that was, was interesting. At one point, she said, that's not fair. If I start becoming all grown up I'm going to be boring to the 10th power squared. Mm-hmm. Grown up <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. And also, I think that's what it was, to the 10th power squared, which makes no sense. <laughs> um, that's very dark matter. Like, mm-hmm. that's very serious. I liked that. Mm-hmm. At some point, someone said Xenon's always fine, which I thought was interesting because, like, I feel like Xenon gets a lot of things put on her as to who she is. Like, yeah. People always assume things about her. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a very dangerous thing. And I think the people in the world who have that assumed about them, it's hard, right? Because, like, if everyone always thinks you're fine, no one's checking on you. And it's hard to ask for help because you're you get caught in that sort of, like, giving off that mm-hmm. at some point seen on about sage says he's a total green bean <laughs> um and then this one hit me like a ton of bricks you're not old until you hit like 30 <laughs> i'm 31 <laughs> that's what he said that's what he says um Edward, is that snow? Apparently, dear. Can it snow in outer space? Apparently, dear. (laughs) So this one was interesting because I was starting to get frustrated with like the repeat of no one believes Xenon because Mm -hmm. I was like, this is getting old. And then literally Dasha hits it on the head. She says, you were right about Wyndham. You were right about the aliens. Why would people not believe you now? And I was like screaming at the TV. Exactly. Why? That's why we love Stu. He knows what the people want. I know. And then her final line, which is a perfect mirror of that first line where she's like, I don't want to grow up. She says, I think learning to be open to new experiences is the macro best part of growing up. And I thought that was nice. Yeah, I hated that. I wrote that at the end. You and I hated some that? Kind of, yeah, I have some kind of comment. What did I write? <laughs> I just wrote no. <laughs> Being open to new experiences is not the best part of experience. This is the macro best part of growing up. I just wrote no. (laughs) (laughs) Best part being able to eat mozzarella sticks whenever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, that is all. All right. I don't have anything else. I don't think. Um, If we want to just rip off our spacesuits and go on a topless spacewalk, baby, on the I, moon. I um, hate space. I'm going to let you go on your own, and I'm going to stay here in my little pod. <laughs> I'm going to stay in my uh, Spoiler City pod, but my top is off. So Okay. Um, I'll wave to you from space without <laughs> <Okay>. my top. 
<laughs> All right. So we open up on the beach and we have the extreme teen supreme contest is happening where they have uh, three boys and three girls who are competing to be the extreme team supreme. They only ask people from outer space and the moon is holding um, like the final kind of is holding the event. So they have to get there. They have to race there. And then the moon for two days is going to be holding this event. We see Cassie and Margie and we don't see Xenon and Xenon is currently learning how to drive a little pod, um, which is amazing because you can't do the race unless she has her license. But the race is literally in like 45 minutes. <laughs> Insane. Because if it was today, they would say you have to apply with a license. So yeah, I guess, you know, she applied with a fake license. OK, being she's in there with Lieutenant Shrank. Commander Shrank, Plank, Command- which is Commander also Plank. funny because why is the commander of this space station giving the driver's test? <laughs> kind of like how the like head of the baseball, like the head coach of the baseball team in high school is also the driver's ed teacher. And he right. is the only driver's ed, te- no, only the driver's ed teacher so that he can be the head baseball coach. They're like, mm, you, you can only be commander if you give driving lessons. <laughs> So um, her and Plank are in there and the pod was like hijacked by some spooky light that's kind of like flying around. And so she's unable to kind of control it. But then she gets her bearings and all of this. He's like, oh, you actually did a good job. And she gets her license. But (laughs) laugh out loud. The picture was bad, (laughs) which I think is funny because it's like she's 16. This is the end of the series. She's getting her license. All of, you know, this generation in 2004 is getting their license too. kind of it's kind of fun. Um, then she Skypes with Nebula, who's in Maui, um, and she says, take care of my cousin. She's not as well traveled as using on her cousin. Cassie is also one of the people who is, um, going to be in this race. They get announced on stage. And as they're getting announced, a protester says that they want to exploit the moon. And I wrote, which begs the question, how, um, <laughs> like I just was it, there. For a lot of this movie, when he's like, you're exploiting or don't do it, there was just no explanation as to why he just kept saying, don't do it. I found it very, we get an answer later. It just took a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sage Borealis is the person who is doing the protesting and he goes to Xenon and says, don't do it. She doesn't care. There was some weird ADR from security here of like, hey, keep, keep it moving. <laughs> It was, it was super weird. It was very far away. Um, and then Ant and Plankton say they're having a kid. And they're like, hey, Xenon, we're having a kid. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were. And they were like, mm, gross. No, we don't have sex. Um, we <laughs> they were, No, they were like, gross. No, we're old as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, just kidding. We adopted a 10-year-old. And Dasha looks exactly like Xenon, like just a mini me. So then all of the girls are talking about Bronley, uh, the like hot guy who's in the running for the competition and how he's hot and he's a hero and he's the favorite. And Xenon's like, "Mm, okay, why is he your favorite? And then Sage comes up to her again and he's like, bringing people to the moon is wrong. Once again, why? He just says, don't do it. It's wrong. We still don't know. And then we learn uh, this is not important to the story. I'm going to say it anyway. But we learned that um, Bronley is from another space station mm-hmm. than Xenon. So they're both space kids. Only only space kids can be in this competition. And he's from another space station. So I find that kind of interesting that there's like a bunch of like there's a world of space stations, different right. countries and different, you know, people have set, set yeah. their people up. And I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. And it made it make way more sense because I had literally just written, how does she not know who this guy is? If yeah. only space station people. Right. If there's only guy. one, you <laughs> right. are literally all together. Right. <laughs> so that night um, she's like tossing and turning and with Dasha, who's also tossing and turning with in her. In a fully lit room, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's very silly. They're in like two twin beds that are next to each other, which begs the question, how? How what? How did they have two matching twin beds when she wasn't expecting to have a uh, built-in cousin? Hmm. Some people just have two twin beds in their room. Okay. For like sleepovers and stuff. I did have a trundle bed. Okay, so she had a dream that she was at the... I wrote the Zoom landing. (laughs) (laughs) The moon landing. So she's like on the moon. 
And then she is like talking to her aunt and she's like, I just want some space from Dasha. She's just kind of a lot, which she is. She is a lot. And then we cut to Protozoa. He's back and he's talking to a little Alexa orb that's flying around. Um, that's kind of Val. Am, am I correct in saying it's kind of like from the movie Flubber? Uh, oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a droid that floats around and it also seems to maybe be his assistant slash manager. Yeah. Very know. interesting, but it's yellow, kind yeah. of like the one from Flubber. And so we just kind of see that he's existing in this world. We don't really get much anything at this point, yeah. just that he's like not really performing. He's not really in demand. Then at, they're at the, the party before launch and they're talking about their dreams. And then all the girls realize that they all had the same dream about Xenon being on the moon. And everyone's like, OK, why did why did you have a dream about me on the moon? And they're like, I don't know. Why did I have a dream about you on the moon? And they're all like, we don't know why we had a dream about Xenon on the moon. And then at the same time, Dasha sneaks out and then comes to the party. And Xenon is like, girl, you gotta, you gotta stop. And so then they get home late and her aunt and uncle are upset. They're, they're mad, but Xenon doesn't like tell on her because Xenon needs something from her. And then go, you want to say something? Sorry. I just, I think this, moment was standout for me because I feel like in every single movie early on there's some moment where Xenon takes the fall mm -hmm. um, but in the first couple movies it's like they assume that it was her like they blame the whole thing on her because it's her and then in this one she actually took advantage of the fact that everyone always assumes that it's her fault mm -hmm. and she took the fall intentionally for Dasha by saying it was my idea and they bought it because of course they did mm -hmm. So they don't get mad at her. But then the aunt and uncle are like talking and Dasha overhears them saying like, but we can't keep her. Her brown eyes are cute, but we we just it's too much. She's too much of a wreaking havoc. And then we find out that they're not talking about Dasha, but Plankton is holding a dog. And so she can't see that they're talking about the dog that they bought her, but she thinks they're talking about her because she was adopted. So Dasha's gone. And then the teen competitors are all in their own pods in the race to the moon, which is the first step. The first four people to make it to the moon advance to the next round. Sage is sneaking onto the big ship where all the kids are going to like go to the moon to watch the event. So there's the six people who are participating and then this big ship of people who are going to watch the event once they get there. And they're off to the races. Um, they're doing good. They kind of go around each other. Margie's good and Bronley's good. And Cassie is not good. Um, this is the one little part I was talking to you about, Val, which they could have had anyone else do it, but Cassie needed help. And so the announcer says, oh, Xenon is doing a good job of helping out her friend, even though it could you know, hurt her in the long run. And so she goes to help Cassie. And they're not going to make it. The two boys, the two other boys are going to beat them. But then the weird light spirit comes and it kind of forces the two boys to break down, slow down so that Margie gets first place. Bronley gets second place. Can you see me sinking? My chair is sinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and Xenon gets fourth place. So the four of them are in to the next round. But we also find out that Dasha snuck into Xenon's pod and Xenon saw this light orb kind of hurt the boy. So she kind of knows something's going on, but she doesn't know what. She just knows something is. And then all the kids start showing up. And I said, like a little moon oasis. <laughs> and then we get back to Protozoa. And he's like, this is happening without me. I'm really cool and really great. And like this big name in the space. And why am I not being appreciated? So I'm going to go and I'm going to perform on the moon. And um, then we have the, so you're probably wondering why we're having this on the moon. Well, it's because we can. <laughs> and then it was very funny. And then Sage crashes and has like a big, like a uh, canvas sign that just has a picture of the moon with a big red slash through it. And Xenon <laughs> tries to like stand up for Sage, but it doesn't matter now. And now the host of the event has his eyes on Xenon now too. So it wasn't really a great decision of doing that. And then, like, things are starting to happen weird. Uh, so Nebula calls from Maui and said it's snowing in Maui, um, which is weird because it's Maui. And you can put, as an adult human being, kind of the 
You, you can start putting the puzzle pieces together that it's something's wrong with the moon <laughs> because that means that something's wrong on Earth. So then aunt and uncle can't find Dasha um, and they're worried and it's pouring rain on Earth. And because of like the weird stuff that's happening on the moon, a lot of the service is out. So they're not able to get in contact with one another. So aunt and uncle are trying to contact, but also Xenon's trying to contact too. And it's kind of just like losing signal halfway through. And, and uh, when uh, the uncle plankton went to go look for dasha it was like perfectly sunny and then she's like why are you all wet he's like it literally started raining at the tip of a hat which means something's wrong with the moon again still still wrong with moon xenon has another dream about serena the moon goddess who looks like dolly parton <laughs> and, and then all the girls wake up and they're like wait i also had the dolly parton dream and they're like okay so something's going on with the moon goddess serena she's very mm-hmm. ethereal she looks like dolly parton <clears throat> then there's just like weird phenomena on earth dairy cows are being lifted we got a milkshake <laughs> and then protozoa shows up and i wrote he looks so different and he shows up to the space station he's like i'm here and no one cares literally the only people who care are xenon and her two friends and xenon goes you are so not old until you hit like 30 and he goes i'm 31 and they just <laughs> stare at each other it's very funny <laughs> so protozoa is like trying to convince like i know everyone will love me like i'm this is what i'm built for and he convinces convinces this is not this man's name i just don't know his name uh ned Hostman to perform and so the host man his name is ned and he's like, he's like, I, I want to perform. He's like, okay, fine, you can perform. And so no one's standing up and dancing. You know how all the girls are like, yeah, and they're dancing and they're clapping <laughs> at the same time. Literally only Xenon and her friends and Dasha are dancing. But then there's another girl that comes out and everyone starts cheering. He thinks they're cheering for him, but they just realize that it's cheering for Cosmic Blush, which is this all-girl band who's the new, the, the new pop pop princess of space Mm -hmm. and then everyone's cheering like she's better which it's not (laughs) it's literally like watching pixel perfect all over again it gave me PTSD. Uh. um (laughs) so then aunt and uncle are gonna come out to the moon because they finally got in contact with one another they know dasha's there they're like okay we're gonna come pick her up we're gonna come help out um and so they get in their little pot and they're coming out to the moon so then host ned man is sabotaging Xenon because he doesn't want her to win because he she's team don't build on the moon because she's kind of created this camaraderie with Sage now. So he moves her like rock climbing pegs. You know, you like have little pegs. Uh, grips, so, yeah. Grips, thank you, Val. So the next challenge that only the top two pass and then move on is you have to climb the rock wall, grab a ring, climb back down, and then put your ring on top of the table. And so he moves one of her things so that it's really far away so that she won't be able to reach it. So when the challenge starts, he's like, you won't ever get there. And then the light orb, which if you haven't put it together yet, is the moon goddess helping Xenon helps her out and like moves her arm to be long enough or moves the thing down and she gets up the wall and she comes down and she gets second place. But while this was happening, Bronson watched her like arm extend or the thing, whatever. So he's like, she cheated. She cheated. I saw it. And Xenon is like, I literally, I didn't, I didn't do anything. So we're in this kind of third round of people not believing Xenon when she's telling the truth. And so then they all go back to the office of the host Ned man, Ned host man. And he's taking them at face value. And he's just like, okay, I believe you didn't cheat. I I can't change the rules. Everyone saw you get second place. I'm sorry, Margie and Cassie, you didn't get there. Xenon, you're in the top two. That's just what we have to do. And then for some reason, Sage is there. Makes no sense. I think maybe he's he's being like like held in the office. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like so (laughs) random as to why he was there. But then after that, her friends are like, well, you're a cheater. So her friends are turning on her. And it's like, Margie, we've been through this before. (laughs) But when we leave the office, Dasha believes her and she goes why would you start lying now which makes so much sense like you weren't lying in the first movie you weren't lying in the second movie like why would you be lying now so i of course i believe you something i didn't mention was that dasha 
dresses, acts like everything. She like looked up to Xenon before aunt and uncle um, adopted her. So she like knows who Xenon is because Xenon's kind of a mini celebrity, I'd say. And Xenon gave her some advice in the beginning of be yourself and you'll be fine. And so Dasha gave her the, the reciprocating be yourself and you'll be fine. So that's kind of through the end of this movie, Xenon is like, yeah, I am going to be myself. And so then they're in the back office with Sage and basically Sage has realized that they're trying to build Epcot on the moon, <laughs> not the amusement park, like the original plans for Epcot. They're trying to do this on the moon. Um, so basically building on the moon is bad. Still don't know why from Sage. It's just like we find out that basically Serena is mad and that's why we shouldn't build on the moon. But I don't know how Sage knows this because he's an earthling. I think for him, it's just kind of what he says in that when we talked about in the cold open, which is like, you know, if we were to overtake the moon the way that we've overtaken the earth, it would just be destroyed, destroyed and like yeah. covered in capitalism because, you know, it would, yeah. that's what we do. And he was concerned that this guy was going to basically claim squatters rights and then just mm -hmm. literally take over the moon. Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, that's exactly what, what he was going to do. Was Host Ned, Ned Hostman was going to like take over. <laughs> so in trying to prove her point, Xenon is like, OK, I've had enough dreams. All of this weird shit is happening. I need to go talk to the moon goddess. And all of my dreams keep leading me back to where they first walked on the moon, where they put the american flag so i need to go out onto the moon find the american flag and talk to her so she gets in a spacesuit. she ventures out in the moon to where the american flag is and she talks to the space light and finally selena the moon goddess who is a hot topic employee <laughs> comes out and she's like yeah what you want i'm i'm not kidding when i say like a teenage helena bottom <laughs> yeah it was absolute <laughs> insanity <laughs> and she's like, you're making me mad. Get these people off the moon. I don't want them here. And Xenon's like, OK, cool. And she's like, oh, you're the one controlling all of the weather. And she's like, yeah, duh, you're stupid. So she just wants people to move. She just doesn't want people to take her land. So she is sticking up for herself. So that is why she is like, get off the right. moon. Otherwise, I'm going to completely destroy you. And they have to do this before the next Earth set. Which means the next time that the moon is rotating or the earth is rotating or whatever. So yeah, basically when it goes under the horizon. Yeah. Oh, and then as we're there, as she's like about to leave, Dasha shows up and her GPS blows up and they're down to low oxygen. So they don't know how to get back and they're down to like 30% oxygen in their spacesuits. Then um, aunt and uncle are like hijacked in their pod landing on the moon by Serena, the moon goddess. And they just like kind of park where they can. They're just like trying to get down and stay alive. And then I said, I wrote morale is low across the board. <laughs> but then they they get to the right place. They kind of remembered their way back. They get to the door and the door won't open. But then Sage saves the day and he was in a spacesuit and they're like, what were you doing? And he was like, I was going to go look for you because I knew that you'd be out there because I'm smart too. And so he saved them, brought them back in. And he believes that, um, oh, it's Selena. Oops. Did I say Serena? It's Selena. I don't then know. he believes her that Selena talked to her and that they need to get everyone off. And so if they don't get everyone off, then they're all going to just like die on the moon because she's going to kill them all. So they're going to the very last challenge for the person who's going to win. And Bronson and she goes up to Bronson and she's like, Bronson, please listen to me. Like, we need to get everyone off the moon. And he's like, you're trying to psych me out. And she goes, Bronson, not everything's about you. And he goes, Xenon, everything is about me. And he walks away. And that was amazing. But it wasn't believable at all. I know. But it I loved it. Horribly <laughs> acted moment. Like, it was like, this guy is supposed to be this, like, conceited, like, you know, everything is all about me guy, but you don't feel that. And yeah. then he says this line and it's just like, shut up. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you were getting to it. Like, like we haven't gotten to it yet, but her friends just like forgive her for no good yeah, reason. I think like, I wasn't even just going to mention it. <laughs> it, it made me like angry. Like yeah. I was like, this makes no sense. Like they literally were just like, we just decided to, to get over okay, our, yeah, right. Like it was the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Like then don't have them get mad in the first place. Like who cares? Yeah. Okay. So as they're on their way to the like last challenge, Selena the is like having gravity glitch around them. So there's like all of these gravity glitches that are happening. 
and Selena is hijacking the host and like brings them all the way up to the ceiling. And everyone thinks it's Xenon at this point because she's Xenon is literally like, look, it's not me. I'm literally not doing anything. So she goes up to Protozoa and he's eating ice cream in the corner because he's sad. And he's like, oh, but I have the Wonder Bus so I can take these. 85 children off on my bus and because so, the guys sent all the pods that were that had brought them there back to earth to bring more employees mm, back so there okay, was no other way off that, the so, moon yeah yeah okay cool so they had no had no way off then um sage is trying to record his con- the ned Hostman's confession of like why did you do this and he won't do it and so he finally does it and they're allowing the kids to like escape and because the gravity is lost at like a certain time, but they don't know, like they do know when, but they don't know when um, they have like different ropes for all of the kids to like hold on to. And they're like tying it kind of like a ropes course to like, if you end up in the air, just hang it on the, on the rope and just climb into Protozoa's bus. And then Ned Hostman gets down from the ceiling and he tries to get onto the bus and the security guard goes, women and children first. <laughs> this is a very funny Titanic moment. And he goes, actually, literally anyone else first. And then he runs past him. And I literally was um, Billy Zane. Um, they check the whole station and they're good to go. And then we're like, OK, well, where is uh, aunt and uncle? And so then they're trying to lift the dome so that they can like move the whole thing and get rid of it so that the moon is clean. And Xenon's like hook. She isn't great at driving. So she's trying to like hook it. And Margie and all of the people are there in their individual pods to try to like hook the dome and get it off before she destroys it. And then Plink and Ant come and help and then they all get it off. Um, and then, um, everything is fine and Selena destroys uh, what's left of the station on the moon and sucks it like into the moon and she's happy and goes, don't ever come back here again. (laughs) Um, then Nebula calls and knows Xenon has saved the day. Um, and then she's in the same car with Sage and she like ruins the crush that she has on Sage and she's like, oops. And By then, ruins, she means she like says it She out like loud. says it on purpose. And she's like, oh, tell me about your crush. And he's literally sitting right there. <laughs> and then Margie is talking with Bronson and she goes, so I know you're shallow and self-centered. And those are two qualities I don't have a problem with because <laughs> Xenon had a problem with those qualities. But Margie doesn't because she's superficial. Um, then Dasha gets the puppy and there's a blush concert, cosmic blush, but it's featuring protozoa. So now they're all, you know, a fun together. And it was actually and like halfway decent. Cause yeah, he was it was, yeah. Cause he was in it. And then, um, she gets a call from Ned Hostman and he's like, oh, we never declared a contest winner, but are you interested in joining my contest for Mars? And Xenon goes, you know, that the god of war is on mars yeah i'm not going to mars you're not going yeah, to mars. mars is the god of war yeah, yeah we're not doing that <laughs> and then this is where she says learning to be open to new experiences is the macro best part of growing up and i said no it's mozzarella sticks and then um <laughs> she kisses sage at the end and that's the end of the xenon trilogy wow and i'm so glad that they kept it at that like mm-hmm. that they didn't try yeah, and they do didn't try to do one. c4 yeah yeah you know, I liked it on the whole. Like, yeah. I there were a lot of moments where I was like, Jesus, this special effects are terrible or like this particular moment doesn't make any sense. But on the whole, I liked it. And I think yeah. it's up to the performances of the main people, like mm-hmm. for the most part, like, yeah, we're good. Nice. Anything else before we head on to bingo? Let's just do some bingo. Let's bingo to bingo. <laughs> um, all right. You start, Val. OK. One hit wonder song. Yes. Cosmic blush. A, yeah. Their new. So- Wait, hold on. What is the new song called? So anyone but me is the first song that just cosmic blush sings. And then out of this world is the song that they sing with protozoa at the end. And I actually liked that song, but yeah, I still bad. maintain that Stu's song galaxies. Ours is the best of all of the Xenon yeah. songs. <laughs> but then I thought it was fun that, um, Zoom, zoom, zoom was the credit song. Yeah, that was cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. They brought them all back. Mm-hmm. Also, it bummed me out because I realized. So, like, I've been listening to the Galaxy is ours on on Spotify, but it's the version that this guy sings. Like, it's the version from Z3. Oh. The version from Z2 is not on, on Spotify, Spotify, which is a bummer because, I mean, I, Stu probably gets them 
you know, two cents no matter what. But I want uh, Philip Reese to get his yeah. scene credit because he's great. Interesting. Whatever. Yeah. So, yes, we have a one hit wonder for sure. Breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera? No. No. Holiday themed. Moonstock no. 54. <laughs> Moonstock. <laughs> That's funny. I get it now. Woodstock? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clunky metaphor. I mean, literally the metaphor is so clunky that the whole point of the movie is the metaphor. Like the, the goddess like rejecting the colonizer mm-hmm. like that's literally a metaphor like it's a metaphor that is a metaphor anyway yeah parents who just don't get it no they're yeah. not even there yeah and aunt and uncle like do get it <laughs> they totally get it yeah speaking of cool non-parent adult the planks the planks in protozoa and protozoa yeah someone too famous for a tv movie i guess raven I guess at the time. Yeah, she was really big at the time. Yeah. That's why she wasn't in probably the whole thing. Right. Competition to resolve central problem. There is the competition. There is a competition, but it's not really meant to resolve the central problem. I'm good. I'm good either way. Let's say no. Okay. A montage sequence. Yes. Yeah. When they're escaping, it's kind of a montage sequence. Cliche villains. Yeah. Hot guy. And Ned. Ned Hostman. <laughs> I don't actually know what his name is. Pat Numbar. See, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, you're not. You're, you're absolutely correct. Clothes or items you owned. So as I mentioned earlier, Cassie has a, a slinky in her hair as a hair tie a couple times. And I definitely had a slinky. I probably nice. still have it somewhere. Perfect. Did you I don't have think I had anything. Okay, fair enough. I don't have a spaceship yet. Yet. Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60%. I'm going to guess 43. You're within five. That's the first time this happened in a long time. Yeah, wait, what was it? 47. Okay, okay, that feels right. Yeah. Uh, happily Ever After. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoochy smooch in front of a concert again. Val, did you say smoochy smooch? It's our next box. Almost kissing, which leads to a real kiss. And there's also a real almost kiss in this movie because she almost kisses Bronley until Dasha shows up and interrupts them. So so many almost kissing. Someone who became famous. Yeah, we we always do Kirsten Storms because she is a big. Oh, yes. Okay. Kirsten. Yep. Kirsten Storms. Mm hmm. Yes. Betraying of one's real friends or values. No. Yeah, I don't think so. This That's like the one thing about Xenon. She does not do that. Yeah. Your childhood crush. Oh, yeah. This boy was cute. He was cute. And in a movie that I remember actually having a crush on him. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I If I saw this, I definitely would have found Sage attractive for yeah, sure. He's so cute. He's yeah, still he's cute. cute. We followed him on Instagram. Hey, Sage. Nice. Ben. Hey, Ben. We think you're cute still. Pretty eyes. Pretty uh, eyes, Pretty eyes. Um, <laughs> obviously, bad special effects or stunts. I'm going <laughs> to fill this square I in. I literally was just going to say, I'm going to color in this whole box. <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, like, when I tell you this looked like, like if Pong was a movie at some points, you know what I mean? Like, like a. The worst video game graphics you could possibly imagine as like whole outdoor scenes. Like, and I don't want to insult the people who worked really hard on this movie, but I also do. Well, this was bad. Here's the thing. Like anyone can make a bad product if they either don't have enough time or don't have enough resources. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's not even it's not about like the skill of the people who made this. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, think about like, we just went through this where everyone was criticizing a lot of the, especially the first couple episodes of She-Hulk for mm. a lot of the special effects or the CGI uh, in that movie or in that show, because they were putting these people through the ringer, like mm. not giving them enough time, not giving them enough resources to do the job well. Right. So in, in this instance, they probably did the best that they possibly could under the circumstances, mm-hmm. but you've got a movie where it was written with the intention of having a film budget and they have a TV budget. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just 
they probably had like one guy in his garage like animating this yeah. entire movie. Well, and you know? I don't want to insult him because of those reasons, but I do. <laughs> it's not good. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh my god. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Disney Channel Star! Kirsten Stars! Kirsten, Kirsten Stars! Stars! We had two OGs in a row. Oh yeah, and Raven. And Raven. Mm-hmm. That's right. Simone wow. Ye. Which Simone I don't Ye. hate. No, I love that. Simone Ye is a beautiful name. Yeah. It's okay. French. My, my mother would uh, love. Uh, Raven. Simone Ye. <laughs> oh. Ratatouille. <laughs> uh, musical number. Yes. Yeah. Multiple. <laughs> there were three. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So much. So much. And not science magic this time, which is interesting. No, just just uh, goddess magic. Yeah, it was like Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Someone says the title of the movie. No. No, because we accepted Xenon the first time. Right. But they don't say Z3. They don't say Z3. Which I w- do want to bring up that when you look up Z3 on Disney Channel Plus, Zombies 3 pops up first. I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. They're both Z3. They are both Z3. Very interesting. But also Z3, they're playing to the crowd that probably watches more of that stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, like this is the one first. you mean, right? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah, we'll get there in two too. years. It'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be there. Scuba dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those literally. Kids. Those meddling Literally kids. tying ropes to get people out. They saved the day. Mm-hmm. No, not an adult in sight. Um, the heroes create the problem. No, no. Ned hosts not assigning the moon. Yeah. Col- yeah. Col- signing. Col- Col- signing. <laughs> Lead is a fish out of water. Nope. Nope. She's pretty in the water on this one. Firmly in the water. Val. I hope we get three because it's the three. Well, uh, your dreams are about to shatter. No. <laughs> We got one. <laughs> okay, we got one. <laughs> we got um, closer items you owned. Rotten Tomatoes, forty to sixty. Happily ever after. Almost kissing and someone who became famous. Okay. Wow. Yeah, we were missing some big ones like betraying of one's real friends or values, fish mm-hmm. out of water, and parents who just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready for a game, Val? Yeah. This game is called Name That Trilogy. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you a list of characters' first names, and you're going to have to tell me the movie trilogy. Okay. It might be hard, so I only have five. There's one very easy one, and I'll be mad at you if you don't get it. But I think you might be able to. I don't know. So if this doesn't pertain to Val, at least you, the listener at home, can play along, and hopefully you know these. Okay. All right, so we've got five. Mm-hmm. So our first set of characters is Gordon, Charlie, oh. and Goldberg. Mighty Ducks, yeah, baby. The Mighty Ducks trilogy. One I did of my that favorite one first because I knew you would know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Austin, Nigel, Scott, Vanessa. Austin Powers. There we go. I didn't want to give you the last one unless you needed it. <laughs> Which was Minnie. <laughs> I don't want to say Minnie Me because that would be too obvious. But <laughs> Okay, we're doing good. Okay. A trilogy I recently watched for the first time, a.k.a. last week. Sydney, Gail, Dewey, and Billy. I don't know. Am I going to kick myself? It is the Scream trilogy. Oh, it is I've the never seen. Three of Scream. Okay. I am going to say, I know there's a lot of movies out there we haven't seen. I watched it with my friend Dominic, who is obsessed uh, with the screams, and it was very good. I just have never really seen many horror movies. I'm so not it's not, now. I mean, it is kind of horror, but it's more like thriller drama, I would say, with a little bit hmm. of blood. Okay. If you watch it with me during the daytime, I'll watch it. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. This is easy. Gabriella, Troy, Chad, and Sharpay. Oh, high School Musical. Yeah! <laughs> I just I know you haven't seen it as many times as me right it so, took me a second all right the last one Lorraine George Emmett Marty oh 
a Back to the Future. Yeah! <laughs> this was easier than I thought. No, I liked it. It was okay, good. good. Yay! I just was like, I can't do Lord of the Rings, Frodo. <laughs> like, you're going to know. Or Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for playing. Name that trilogy. <laughs> I love that game. Thank you, Al. You're welcome. <laughs> well, Mel, this was a super treat. Sorry, I was a cranky crab, but hopefully I was able to cranky crank my way through it. You cranked your you. way through. Crank my way through. And I love you as a crab or any other crustacean. <gasps> I am a crab because I'm a cancer, so. Ooh. Um, well, thanks for a lovely evening. Val, what are we watching next? We are watching Stuck in the Suburbs. Nice. With special guest, Taryn Gillum. (laughs) (laughs) He's in that movie, so. (laughs) I once met Kobe Smulders. Maybe I could give her a call again. Yeah, just give her a call. Say, hey, hey, can we get Taryn for just one, just for one hour? (laughs) We'll get it. We'll get it done quick. Well, thank you, Val. Um, Like, subscribe. Be a friend. Um, Patreon, uh, Instagram. Yeah. Tell your friends about us. Have them follow us and share our posts. Create fake accounts. Follow us. Yeah. Create fake accounts. (laughs) Also, you know, something to consider for real is our Patreon. Right now, there's not a whole lot going on on there, but there are two things that are going to be coming soon. One is Patreon only content, not just from us, but also from all of the Trident shows, podcasts, video teams, etc. And also as a Patreon patron, you get access to the Trident Discord and you can literally come and talk to Al and I in real time on Discord. Um, and also, you know, it supports us and it supports all the other great people who make stuff on Trident. So you'd be, you know, supporting people who are making things, yeah. which, you know, we it's appreciate. It's a good time. And it's only three, the small, the lowest thing is $3 a month. Insane. I think that's affordable. I think so. Well, Val, you have a great rest of your day. You too. Okay. <laughs> now I you're just, just trying to make Val laugh. <laughs> I just tried to make her laugh so hard before we hang up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, Val. Bye, Al. <laughs> This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.